Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello, I hope you're having a great day. This is Dig a Bit number one for the month of July 2019. We are rapidly coming to the end of our study of authority and we are entering in on month 11 but God can't you just take me where I am and use me after all relationships over rules right and this study in the book begins by having a little conversation yes come on as you are come right over here no changes no improvements no loyalty even required better yet just let me come to you and let me love you said the snake just before he opened his mouth and made short work of consuming that little mouse and then the text goes on to say but in all real human relationships there are rules maybe you're making a choice as to whether or not to have the relationship in the first place but where there is a meaningful loving relationship between two people there are of necessity rules to govern that relationship and our in our relationship between humanity and god between human beings and god the bible is that rule book for the relationship because he's almighty he's the one who has the power in the relationship he's the creator and we're the creatures and so he gets to make the rules but the most amazing thing about the rules to which we're bound in a covenant with God is that those of us who are weak those of us who are unempowered those of us who are the creature and not the creator are the ultimate benefactor benefactors of the rules made by God because he's not only omnipotent all-powerful but he is all-loving he is all-merciful and so he makes the rules for our ultimate benefit I've said it many times and I'll say it once more when we say when we submit to the thou shalts of God we help ourselves to happiness and when we submit to the thou shalt nots of God we prevent disaster in our lives because we serve a God who wants what is best for his creation even though he is supreme in power so I wanted us to talk just a minute about number one the first question in the lesson it says read first corinthians 5 and 6 and what do you think it means that they gloried in the sin of fornication in the corinthian church of course chapter 5 begins by saying it's reported commonly that there's fornication among you and such fornication or sexual sin as is not so much as named even among the gentiles that one should have his father's wife and you are puffed up you're inflated and you have not mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you 
For I, truly, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have judged already, just as though I were present, concerning him that's done this deed. And here's what Paul says to do about it, according to the Holy Spirit. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that the spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? So purge out there for the old leaven, so that you can be a new lump as you're unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So let's keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my epistle not to accompany with not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters of this world, for then you would have to go out of the world. But now I've written to you not to keep company if any man that's called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or reviler or drunkard or an extortioner. With such an one who is a brother there, no, not to not to eat. And then he goes on closing the chapter by saying, therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. I wanted us to notice that Paul uses the word puffed up or inflated with your, it, actually that word comes from a blowing of air. So you have blown yourselves up. You're inflated in your own judgments here. You are puffed up and you're not crying, but you are inflated or rejoicing or having a party almost about the one who has done this fornication, having sex with his father's wife. And then it says in verse 6, your glorying is not good. That word is kalhema, and it means boasting or boasting the act. You are bragging about the very act of sin, boasting the act, kalhema. There is pride in rebellion against God. That is just of necessity. There is selfish, egotistical pride when we rebel against God by calling what God has called sin virtue. And sometimes that occurs in our society. That's rebellion against God, and it involves personal pride of necessity. We see that sometimes in churches today. And we might hear some statements that sound pretty good, that tickle our ears, that sound pretty benign. Sometimes when we hear statements, not always, but sometimes when we hear statements like, we've come to a fuller understanding of this matter. Well, if you've come to a fuller understanding and now you're endorsing something that's called sin, you're bragging about your selfish, 
your own self, your fuller understanding in a, in a matter that God has called sin, you're calling goodness. And you're saying, well, I just have a fuller understanding than you do about it. I've come to a point where I understand God's grace more. And so I'm not calling this sin, sin any longer. Sometimes I used to think like you do. I used to think that people needed to attend every single service of the local church, or I used to think that elders had absolute authority in congregations in matters of judgment, but I, I've studied my way through that now. Well, you see, if you used to think that elders had authority in matters of judgment in congregations, then you used to think like the Bible teaches in many passages, in laying out the very qualifications of elders in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 and in Acts verse 20 and Acts chapter 20, 28, and all of those passages there that express that elders have authority and that we are to obey those who have the rule over us. If you used to think that, then you used to be thinking like God thinks. And so now if you proclaim that you have come to a fuller understanding or that you used to think like this, then what you're saying is, I have come further in my understanding than has God in his revelation. And that's pride in self. That's looking at myself and saying, I know better than does God. We are about relationships and not rules. You know what? Relationships, all good relationships, have rules. And that's another way to say that I think I'm smart enough that I can have relationships and cast aside the rules that God has put in the Bible for my learning and declared them to be profitable for instruction, for edification, that he has proclaimed to be all that I need. And I know better than to have to abide by those rules. So I'm placing myself in a position that's selfish and that's prideful before God. We emphasize grace. That's great. The Bible emphasizes grace, and everyone who's a New Testament Christian emphasizes grace, especially the grace and mercy that's been shown to us without which we would have no hope of heaven. But if you mean we emphasize grace and thus we ignore sin in the camp, as we've described in 1 Corinthians 5, then you are placing your own pride before the will of God. You are refusing to submit, as they were in 1 Corinthians 5, when God, the Holy Spirit said to them, your glorying is not good. If you're allowing sin to remain in the camp, and that's what you mean by the fact that we emphasize grace, then you are selfishly and ambitiously placing your own will before the will of God. So those are some nice sounding phrases, but if we mean by those phrases 
that we are going to gloss over the expressed rules that God has placed in His New Testament, and there are rules there for our covenant with God. If we mean that we're going to gloss over those, and we're just going to talk about letting sin coexist with the people of God, that we're just going to let sin remain in the camp as they were doing in 1 Corinthians 5 with this fornication, if that's what we mean, then we are glorying Kalchema in a way that is not pleasing to our God. So how do we evidence that? What, what do we see in our society today that is glorying in sin against God? That is glorying. I think glorying is when we light up a building to celebrate the sin of homosexuality. That's glorying having a party about that sin. I think glorying about that same sin would be a parade. And sometimes we even call it a pride parade. Well, that's glorying having a party about celebrating in our own pride, in our own selfish ambition that's placing our own will above God's will and saying, I'm going to have a party about sin. That's Kalhema, glorying in sin. When, uh, when our women's soccer team in recent days has shouted to the world, at least some members of that soccer team, that team that's advancing in, actually maybe has already won the World Cup, when I think about that team's pride before God, especially some members of that team who have stood up and said, I'm a good American, I'm a patriotic American, but I'm, I'm not going to the White House as I've been invited by the leader of our country. I'm not going there because he is not um, endorsing, celebrating, the LGBTQ movement in the way that I would like to see him do so when I stubbornly stand up and reject the offer of hospitality by the leader of our country because I'm entrenched in the celebration of a sin, then that's a glorification of that sin. In fact, she, this particular soccer player that I was hearing was, was standing up and saying, I can be a great American, a great American, a patriotic American, and we all love those terms, and still defiantly hold my sin and, and do it to the point where I am going to refuse an invitation to the White House. That's glorying in my sin. That's Kalhema. Another one that I noticed the other day was uh, the, when I noticed a new book called Shout Your Abortion. This is not just a, a, an exaltation of abortion, an explanation of why this person thinks abortion should be legalized in our United States. What this is, is a plea for women who've had abortions 
to not be silent about them, but to stand up and shout them as shout that you've had an abortion as a statement of pride, something that you should be exonerated and exalted for having done. That is glorying Kalhema in that which goes directly against the will of our God. We could give many more examples, but I'm going to leave you with those today. Kalhema, verse 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it's the celebration, the glorification, uh, the, the having a party about sin. And that's what the Corinthians were doing in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. They were proud that they were coexisting with the sin of fornication in that chapter. And we as God's people must be very careful that we are not proud of sin in the camp. Till next time, I hope you have a good day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.